Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Well, welcome, everybody. Today, I have the absolute privilege of welcoming into the studio Sarah Mayo of the Wisconsin Center District. Sarah, welcome in. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm delighted to be here. Well, we are so delighted to have you here today to talk about what I call passion, purpose, and building Milwaukee. And so in your job as Vice President of Marketing and Communications for the Wisconsin Center District, you really have a unique opportunity. And it's working at a place that is designed to convene people who are in the region, so not just Milwaukee, but regionally and nationally, to come see the best things that Milwaukee has to offer. And you are so passionate about Milwaukee. Talk to us about your work. Just saying those three words or three keywords, passion and Milwaukee and building the city, it's just, it's so invigorating. And I know it's a podcast, but it just brings a smile to my face. My my work at the district is much more than marketing communications than a typical role because we have an opportunity with our words and our actions to create a culture and to create an atmosphere that gives guests a taste of the entire city. And it allows the city to earn future business in ways that we might not see in our immediate, you know, it's it's not a return customer in the next seven days necessarily. But every time a guest comes through our doors, they are experiencing the culture of the city that we are tasked with building and creating and transforming into a not-to-be-missed destination. And so the opportunity to work with our staff to build our culture internally and acknowledge that the work that we do every day might feel a little transactional, but really results in an economic impact of billions of dollars to the state, hundreds of millions to the city and county it matters and it resonates and we have a really, really big role to play in making sure that downtown stays vibrant. And I mean, anyone who has been here or lived here can attest to the fact that this is the coolest city on the planet. It's so easy to live, work and play here. And we're really proud to be able to show that to anyone who happens to cross our threshold and come on in. Well, we are lucky, and I am not a Milwaukee native, but I have called this beautiful city home for more than 17 years. And you illuminated a few items I would like to talk about because you opened by saying that it's so much more than just having people come to a space. It's so much more your role than just talking about it. You professionally have been recognized for growing that team because really, it was a party of one. It was you. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. yes that true. is correct. And you have built that team from you mm-hmm. to a very high performing team that has a very unique charge. And you have done that through substantially enhancing your digital communication. How did you do that? Why was that needed? Why is that important? Well, first of all, also not a native. I transplanted here in the early aughts. So I came to love the city sort of organically. So why did we do that? Here's the thing. The work that we do to outside guests and visitors and people who are coming through the city, 
will only be authentic if they feel it authentically. And so the focus, of course, is one part on digital because it's 2023 and that's where the world is. But our focus is also on communications in general and acknowledging the role that comms specifically plays, not just externally, but internally. And having spent the last five years alongside our CEO to build out a culture, not just a a shift, but a sea change to empower our staff to make decisions when they are faced with the guest in the moment, to make sure that we have three guiding values and principles that everyone is working by and everyone is using as their yardstick for success and for measuring how we treat each other, how we treat our clients, how we treat our guests. And so that emphasis on communication, both internally and externally, has allowed us to grow so that we can continue to do more. The thematic concept of the expansion of the convention center before we had a naming rights partner was building more. And none of that is possible without deeply trusting relationships, not just with amongst our colleagues and our staff, but also with our board to make sure that there is a very fundamental trust that we will act in the best interest of the city. But also that if something happens or someone has a question or an idea, it is welcomed. The dialogue is open and welcomed. And being in a space where we not only want your feedback, but It's truly embraced. I might not agree with you, but I'm not out to change your mind. Your feedback is authentic to you, and I need to be responsible for hearing it and not negotiating it on the flip side. And so getting there primarily for our staff and our culture has allowed the team to grow so that we can support that in all levels of the organization, from the board to each department, HR specifically. We work really closely with them and making sure that from the CEO down to a part-time guest services person who maybe works you know, four hours a month, feels super involved and included and understands what is happening, who this guest is, and why their work really matters. Well, speaking of work that matters, you referenced a tiny little project related (laughs) to the space. And that is really what I've heard it called a once in a generation project. And that is expanding that space. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be called the Baird Center when it's complete, which is scheduled for next year. Why the expansion? Why now? Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy. So why it's so funny that your question is why now? And here's why it's funny. So we knew for a long time that Milwaukee was leaving as much business on the table as it was accepting because we kill it in the midsize convention space. The thing is, once an event is in the convention center, we're offline. So great. Our calendar is booked, but let's say an event is 10 days total. They need three days to load in, their event is on peak, which means all the guests are there for four days, and then they need three days to load out. That's 10 days that our calendar is offline, but only four days that we're on peak where the restaurants see the table turns and the hotels see the heads and beds and the small shops see the foot traffic coming through. And ultimately, what we wanted to do was create a space, of course, where Milwaukee can take a swing at bigger convention events, obviously. However, the primary purpose and objective of doubling our square footage in the Baird Center is to allow us to do multiple simultaneous and overlapping events. So that means that when event A is on peak in the South Building, event B is loading in. 
then when A is loading out, B is on peak and it goes back and forth and back and forth. That is our true objective. We want to do more of what we already do really, really well and provide a much steadier flow of guests to the restaurants, to the hotels, to the taverns, to the small businesses. We want people to fly in and out of General Mitchell more consistently. We want to fill the downtown hotels and cause something called compression, which means when the downtown hotels can be full, they can charge a little bit more for their rooms. When that happens, those who might not be married to that particular property might be willing to go out a little bit farther from downtown to find something at a lower rate. So by driving business downtown, we are having this ripple effect throughout all of the city, all of the county, and for really big events, the entire state. That stuff matters. And so the Baird Center doubling in square footage is going to be really transformative for the city, allow us to do much more of what we are already doing really well, and also allow us to sort of shoot for the moon in events like, I don't know, the RNC. So the RNC, speaking of, that is actually an incredible win for the city. And it comes on the heels of Milwaukee having won the DNC, which unfortunately, very unfortunately, had to be very scaled back because of COVID. What has that been like? And what is the value of partnerships? Why are partnerships so critical to winning that type of event on that scale for a city like Milwaukee? I mean, any kind of success is because of a unified front. It's any kind of of teamwork. And I think we have superb partners in Visit Milwaukee who are talking about the city in a way that um, has not been part of the dialogue before Peggy William Smith leadership came in. We have people in the mayor's office. I mean, Mayor Johnson has made it very clear that he wants to be part of any kind of national event like the DNC or the RNC. He was in Chicago when it was signed and made official. I mean, he's very present for this. And it's that kind of just unified front that this is great for the city. So that level of partnership, it's the only way to have a shared vision and to get to a successful outcome. We can't have all these disparate thoughts happening simultaneously without this unifying end game. And and it doesn't mean that people can't have different opinions and that we don't have some conflicts along the way, but that's okay. We work through those. And ultimately, when there is a shared vision for the way that Milwaukee looks in the future, everyone is on board. And I really feel like we have that right now. It's kind of a magical time, you know, and, and I'm so excited for the future. And you know, for the DNC, I was in the building for that. And I mean, of course, it was not what anyone anticipated, not just because of that event, but because of a 100,000 other reasons. Okay, fine. How do we make it great? How do we continue to make sure that we are providing the best level of customer service for the guests who were there? We really focus on these three core values to be bold, be proud, and be experience obsessed. Those are our three core values. Be bold, be proud, be experience obsessed. And when we use those values with each other, when we use those values with our clients, things will always change. They will always move. And that's fine. We are in the business of making gigantic events happen constantly. And so we pivoted and made that work to the best of our ability. 
and bring in the most we could for the city. We opened up the building to make sure that we were the COVID vaccine clinic, first for the city and then for the feds with FEMA. We worked really hard to bring in new events that were interesting and could fill the space because, of course, the hospitality industry just plummeted. So we had all this space open. So we brought in Beyond Van Gogh, the immersive experience that had never been in the city before, certainly not in the convention center space. We brought in 200,000 guests for that experience. And those were like, you know, onesie, twosie tickets and people who may have never had any interaction with the convention center. And that gave us an opportunity to show our bold, proud experience of Cess Values to people one at a time and just build that momentum toward expanding the convention center. But you asked, why now? So here's the thing. When we went to the board for to reveal the renderings of the expansion, it was March 6th of 2020. Mm-hmm. And at that meeting, I mean, that was the biggest meeting of almost any of our lives, so we thought. And at that meeting, <laughs> Marty, I will never forget this, our CEO, Marty Brooks, said, you know, we've had a couple of inquiries about this virus that's happening, but no one's canceled. <laughs> we were so innocent. Yes, we were. <laughs> So we knew for sure that we needed to take the authorization vote for the expansion to the board on April 2nd of that year. That date couldn't move. And there were a lot of reasons that that couldn't move. That that is another hour long podcast that we'll get into next time, but it couldn't. And so the question was, why now? And the reason why now is because we knew COVID would have a sunset. We knew that the city would emerge all cities would emerge, some in rougher shape than others. But someone was coming out ahead for this. Why not us? Why not Milwaukee? It should be. We know we can do this. We knew that the build would, the actual construction would take two years. We knew that it would take a year to get it even to have the groundbreaking. It was going to take time. Someone was coming out ahead. Why not us? And propel the city towards an incredibly bright future because the board had the trust in us to say yes and authorize that project on April 2nd of 2020. And here we are. And here we are. It's 2023. And I love the word bold. And I love the fact that you reference specifically Mayor Johnson and Peggy Williams Smith of Visit Milwaukee, because those are true partners in this progress. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what message, in your opinion, this expansion sends to the city, maybe to residents who aren't coming downtown to experience downtown. Maybe it's those who haven't had access to opportunities in Milwaukee. What What message does this investment send? I'm hopeful it sends all kinds of messages, but there are a few in particular. Number one, it has been one of our key objectives to make sure that we are ingratiating and ingraining ourselves into the community in ways that are atypical for a convention center. So one of the ways we have done that are with very rigorous disadvantaged business enterprise goals on the expansion project. We have a 31% DBE goal just 25% minority-owned business, 5% women-owned businesses, and 1% disabled veteran-owned businesses. That is a gold standard, and we are, we're meeting it, and we're exceeding it. We also have a 40% residence preference program mandate on the job site, which means 40% of the labor hours on this project must be completed by residents within Milwaukee's most disadvantaged zip codes. So we want people very much to drive by this project and go, hey, I did that. 
I participated in that. I built that. That is a clear goal for us, and it has been since the beginning of this project. We also want to talk a lot about sustainability. This building is state-of-the-art. It has a solar array on the roof. It has a water retention system underground. Oh, my God, I will never forget when we put that in. We had some media coming and we're doing some live spots on it. And it was so cool. And Marty and I looked at each other. We're like, no one is ever going to see this. <laughs> I mean, it's being covered up by tons and tons of rock and concrete, but we know it's there. We have an, a state-of-the-art food digester in our executive kitchen. It's called the Orca. So we're working on composting. We have, of course, low-flow fixtures and LED lighting. We have ceramic fritted glass on key components of the exteriors. The entire east and north facade of the buildings are all glass. And so like on the skywalk and in high bird traffic areas, we have this frit on there to prevent bird strikes. Mm. We have been so intentional about the exterior of the space. On the interior, we have dedicated quiet rooms, dedicated nursing mother spaces, which I was particularly interested in. I was like, that is not the chair for this space. <laughs> Something <laughs> sure a little bit that's more right. cushy, right? <laughs> right? Multiple outlets required. Yes. We have all gender restrooms built in every bank of restrooms. We'll have a women's room, men's room, and all gender. So it's not just retrofitting. We certainly can. If the event has 10,000 women coming in and we want to switch everything to women's, cool, no problem. But just for everyday events, that all gender option will always be there. And so it's that intentional focus that has been since the beginning, a key component of building the building and making sure it speaks to residents. Then we thought this year we have this beautiful, unbelievable rooftop ballroom that's being constructed. It is a crown jewel for all of downtown. It is spectacular and it has 14,000 square foot terrace outside of it. I mean, it is unbelievable. And so we thought of an opportunity to reach out to the community, build awareness for this unbelievable rooftop space, and also give back to the community. So we came up with the Gala Giveaway, which we launched in January of this year. We offered it up to the nonprofit community. Any 501c3 could apply. There was a standardized questionnaire that everyone had to answer and a standardized grading scale on the back end for those of us who judged. We had 176 applicants. Wow. And ultimately, Autism Society of Southeastern Wisconsin is walking away with a free gala. So it is for up to 500 people. It is on the rooftop ballroom of the Baird Center. It includes dinner, a three-course meal. It includes two bottles of white, two bottles of red for each table, a $15,000 AV credit for them to use as they see fit. It is all included. It's a $56,000 package. Wow. And then in addition to that, in order to continue to build ourselves to be an employer of choice and to make sure that we are a purpose-driven organization, WCD staff will be giving back 40 hours of volunteer time to Autism Society throughout a few of their events that they hold regularly anyway, not just that gala event. And it was unbelievable, the response. I mean, 176 applications. We didn't know what to expect. It was our first year. It was overwhelming. And to see the work that nonprofits are doing in this area was, I mean, bring you to your knees, kind of just so grateful for the people who are out there doing this work. Anyway, so it the community matters. And we want to be considered as part of the fabric of downtown. 
not just a drive by, you know, oh, I think that's the convention center. I don't really know. It's important to us that we're part of the narrative and that we're involved. And we're proving that with the ways that we're getting engaged, the mandates we're setting for the project, and the opportunities that we're giving to local nonprofits. I so appreciate you sharing that because it is a true testament to a multi-pronged approach, a holistic approach to ensuring that this is more than a building, right? It represents so much more than a building. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, Sarah, what inspires you on a daily basis? Oh my gosh. I mean, professionally, I'm very motivated by what I see happening in front of me physically and just seeing that building come to life. I think, I truly believe that that doesn't happen without the groundwork that we laid in terms of changing our our culture and and making sure our our house was in order first. And so having been right alongside Marty to to do that work early in his tenure here is, of course, a source of pride, but I also, I see it happening and it's so rewarding. I also see us in such a fantastic growth mode right now. And so to be able to bring new talent in and hire and grow each of our teams and work with our colleagues to make sure that we are finding the cream of the crop and bringing new people in and hearing them reflect back what their experience has been like in their first weeks and months and years with us. Oh my God. It just, it's so exciting to see it happening. You know, you don't know until you know, and, and it's working and these things are happening right before our very eyes. And like the future is very bright for the venues of the Wisconsin Center District. Well, I'm so grateful to you for being with us today to talk about passion and purpose and building Milwaukee. And and as you said, uh, it is happening before our very eyes. We are so excited to watch it take shape. Looking forward to even more great things with Sarah Mayo and the Wisconsin Center District. Thanks, Sarah. It has been my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for listening to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. Be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes. And don't forget to connect to On the Edge of Equity with Tammy Belton Davis, available wherever you get your podcasts.